I thought this was funny. It said either natural or constructed. What does so, that even mean? I don't know, but I picture like Klingon or something oh from my Star gosh. Trek. Someone goes up and sings uh, in that. So that's kind of what popped into my head when, when I funny. saw that. But it's funny. Happy New Year and welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. We were going to be recording on the very first day of the New Year, but we kind of messed up. <laughs> we got tired and I mean, we, we were both just gotten back from our respective trips. Yeah. So it's probably better we're playing this, but we are now officially in 2023. I'm going to mess that up, I'm sure. Does it feel any different yet? Well, I told you this yesterday when we were picking up food, but like there was some time in 2022 that I wrote down 2017. So <laughs> so <you laughs> I think off. A little bit more of adjusting. Yeah, that's usually how it is for me. I need some time before I get used to like writing the correct date yeah. on documents and everything. Yeah. But anyways, how was your Christmas and winter vacation? Was oh, it, good? it was great. Well deserved. Very in my, much give myself a pat on the back. You yeah. Know, I needed that. <laughs> you kept up with like all your things though. You kept working out and you mm -hmm. were doing all these things. So I would say you were pre pretty productive. Appreciate it. Yeah, trying to be. And yeah. uh, so hopefully it'll be be a good uh, start to, to the new year. I am sure. keep some of those habits up. Yeah, and one of those being making this podcast. I know, yeah. As long as y'all want it, we will be making it. So but, thanks for listening. And make sure to share it with your friends. We're going to say this spiel at the end, but it's the new year and we might have some new listeners. So figured we'd let people know. Mm -hmm. Okay, with that, uh, <laughs> so remember the last episode we did before the new year? The holiday special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to be more inclusive and like, you know, talk about other holidays that occur during December, like around Christmas time, one of them being Hanukkah. And we talked about some Hanukkah songs. <laughs> and after my family member that's Jewish listened to the episode, he <laughs> told me I needed to correct <laughs> something because I pronounced it wrong. Okay. So do you remember the Adam Sandler song that what I said then was the Chanukah song? Yeah. So C-H in Hebrew is pronounced like a huh. So ah, it would the, have still been the Hanukkah the song. The Hanukkah song. That's why like, do you know the bread that I used to think was called challah? It's challah. It's challah bread. That makes sense. So okay. I apologize to our all of our Jewish listeners that Gerald and I just didn't know that is how you pronounce things. Yeah. Well, that's okay because I'll probably be, well, not okay, but I'll probably be making the same mistake with some of the stuff we say today in, oh, yeah. in today's episode. So. I was thinking the same thing as I was going through the prepping. I'm like, I this is in a different language that I don't know anything about. Yeah, so fair warning for today. We might make some mistakes as well. Please bear with us. But we hope to bring you all as much information as we can from all around the world. Exactly. Well, it's kind of more in like centered in one area well, of the Well, today world. is, but... But yeah, this time, yes, correct. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to jump in and let our listeners know what we're talking about today? Yeah. So I guess I'll go back to my old habits and set the scene per okay. se. So I am fairly certain that everyone, including myself, recently finished binge watching Emily in Paris. I know you didn't because you're cray cray. <laughs> you should watch it because it's really good. Okay. Like stupid, not like serious, whatever. But they're like 30 minute episodes. They're pretty short. Yeah. It seems like a 
a pretty easy watch. It's not too long of a series yeah. either, right? No, it like it's eight like eight episodes. episodes. Okay, yeah. yeah. Lily Collins is, didn't she win like an award or something? Did she for win it? an award? I don't know, but the clothes that they have is so, like, I like seeing the fashion aspect of it a lot. But obviously, we don't talk about fashion in this episode. So, what do you think happened in Emily in Paris that might be something that I might want to talk about? Hint, it's music. Related. I mean, I want to say something music related because <laughs> it clearly inspired this episode and us looking at into it. Yeah, so basically, Emily's like best friend, she's a singer or whatever. Okay. And she had been in a band with her now ex boyfriend. I guess I should say spoiler alert, but if you haven't watched it, like, go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe don't spoil it too much. Anyways, she was in a band and they entered a song for the Eurovision contest. I don't know if you've heard of Eurovision, but basically, I had never heard of that song contest until one of the girls in the Coachella crew and her boyfriend were talking about it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, very intrigued at the time. And then when they mentioned it in Emily in Paris, I was like, huh, I wonder how many people, obviously, like, Europeans will know about it, I'm guessing. Yeah. But other parts of the world, I wonder how many people don't know about Eurovision. And so yeah. with that, we will be talking about the Eurovision Song Contest. I know. That's awesome. That's not something I was very familiar with either. Yeah, so had you ever heard about it? I, I had heard of it, but to be honest, I didn't know exactly what it was or its format or mm -hmm. anything. So I learned a lot more going into it. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's a cool thing for everyone to like learn about. Clear clearly, we're on the, you know, we're not the first people to hear no. about this. It's like one of the biggest music broadcasts in the world. In the world. Yeah. yeah, it's honestly. I wonder if it's like bigger than the Grammys. Does that count as like a music broadcast? I don't know. That's like different. Th this is more like a songwriting right. contest versus the Grammys or like j musical Musical awards. awards. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So so I'd say that's a little bit different. But I mean, I guess, so the basics of what Eurovision is, it's, it's an international songwriting competition primarily okay. focused on the European countries. Mm -hmm. They have included some non-European countries. So yeah, actually, I saw Australia. Was Australia in was invited. Are they still invited or was that I think just it, like a one-year special? Uh, I don't know because I think it was just this last year. Okay. So We'll find out. Okay. Um, but even outside of that, some other countries that aren't necessarily considered European have been in there. Oh, yeah? Like, I think uh, Israel was in there. Oh. One year. Turkey. Mm-hmm. I know um, Russia's currently banned. Yeah, Russia is currently banned. And I'll, I'll get into some of that with some of the controversies on, on Eurovision later, some of the political stuff that's happened in the past. Yeah. But, yeah, there have been... Um, I think it's, it's, it's kind of, like, defined on the European broad broadcasting zone okay so not necessarily like countries within europe i mean i know like morocco is part of this european broadcasting well, yeah, area right below spain it so makes sense. so even though I, I don't know if they've actually partaken in the contest off yeah. the top of my head, but like other areas that aren't necessarily within Europe proper. Oh, okay, okay. Like the continental ha Europe. Have had the chance and that's how like Israel and I think Turkey, they've mm -hmm. gotten in there and stuff as well. And then randomly Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Australians like could probably just ask any country like, hey, can we like join you in this? And like, no one dislikes Australia. Uh huh. It's like, they're just like, I don't know. Maybe it's just the vibe that I get that they're just like nice cool people and everyone's like yeah let's add australia i i'm i mean you know australia is one of the top places, of the, your that's bucket like list. top of place i want to travel to so we're gonna go yeah we're gonna go sorry getting a little bit off topic so you said it's like a songwriting competition right mm -hmm. so when did the 
contest actually start? So the contest, uh, uh, it started in 1956 and it's actually been held every year since except for 2020 because the of the COVID-19 pandemic. Panic. Panic. Any COVID-19 panic. Wait, that's not funny. Uh, hey, I mean, I was panicked during it. Yeah. But uh, so with that, it's actually the longest running annual international televised music competition. Oh, wow. And it's one of the just longest television, longest running television programs. I mean, that well. makes sense. Not that many programs like last. Yeah, it's been going almost yeah. 70 years. Yeah. So it's wild. Yeah. So its full name is the Eurovision Song Contest. Okay. Uh, and it's held annually by it's the European Broadcasting Union. Oh, um, and okay. so the, the basics on how that works, you know, there's individual broadcasting networks mm-hmm. in each country and they're the ones that kind of make the picks for their country of like who's represented. Oh. You know, and and they leave it up to that country's broadcasting network to like set their own rules, however they want to do it. If they want it to be a jury of people to, uh, really? to pick a pick a group, or just like you know, they'll have their own mini televised event and people can vote. Yeah, I was gonna say want. I'm pretty sure. Well, I'll talk. I don't want to spoil it, but there's a very famous person that was in Eurovision representing Great Britain a while ago, and she the way her song got selected was like by public voting, mm-hmm. and she hated her, the song that she ended up having to sing. That's hilarious. Like there was another song that she She'd wanted. Rathered. Yeah. Huh. So we'll talk a little teaser. We'll okay. Talk about that yeah. In a bit. But yeah. So it's kind of cool. It's it's a little bit open because because they leave that up to each country to decide. You know, a lot of times that the broadcasting network might be like the national broadcasting network for that country. Mm. Not necessarily. But so yeah. so you know, it's not necessarily everyone's picked the exact same way. Mm-hmm. But every country that's participating that year has as a representative okay. from that country. So it's kind of like a cool crossover. It's like a mini like Olympics, but, but for, for music. music. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. I, I know. Like that. So how many countries approximately are there? So so it's not set each year. Okay. But there is a set maximum. It's oh. 44 countries can participate. Do you know why? I couldn't really find exactly why. Maybe that's just for the way the format is or, you know, how, being able to do it in enough time. Cause, it's kind of a random. Because each, each uh, performance has like a, it's televised you know and they have an, yeah, allotted you have an time. Allotted time slot each performer you know has the three a max three minute slot that they can perform in okay and stuff you know maybe that'll change you know in the future but as of now the max is 44 countries huh so and again, you know, no country is forced to participate if they don't. How do they want know who to. gets booted out though? Um, I, I don't know if they go off like first come first serve, but basically it's like that the broadcasting network from that country has to you know pay the fees mm. and and you know meet the requirements to join. And I imagine it's first come first serve. Once it fills up, you know they're not going to take anymore. Yeah. There are five countries. Oh, the like big five. Yeah, it's known as the big five. So it was the big four at one point. Okay. Now it's the big five, but they those. Those are the five countries that they contribute the most financially to the Eurovision contest and okay. the European Broadcasting Union. Okay, so, so they always get they the they get I mean, automatic. You could say like preferential treatment. Yeah, but I mean they're they're You're like putting the most money. 
Yeah. So those countries are France, Germany, Spain, the UK, and Italy. So originally the big four was France, Germany, Spain, and the UK. And then Italy, Italy I think as of like 2011, was okay. added and became the big five. Okay, cool. I wonder if those countries just like by population also just have more people. So maybe they had more entry, like contestants that they would want to consider. Maybe. I mean, those are typically when I think of Europe, those are generally the ones that come to mind first as like the bigger countries yeah. in Europe. Yeah. So. Hmm. Okay. So how do they actually do like, what's the format? Cause like, how do you know, like who's going to go first and how are they going to score and all that jazz? Yeah. So it's broken up into like different rounds. It's, it's really like weird, but cool. Okay. So the format's changed over the, I mean, it's been such long running. They haven't had like a singular format yeah. through this entire time. The rules have changed. The well, formats I saw, changed. Like, there was at one point, one year they had a four way tie because they hadn't figured out rule breaking. How, yeah. Rule breaking. Yeah. And so then since then they're like, okay, like we can't do, we can't that, do yeah. that. So that year, all four of them were declared winners. But nowadays each year when they hold Eurovision, it's kind of like three television events mm-hmm. held in one week. So there's two individual semifinal rounds. What's before the semifinals? That would be, that would be like where each country picks their participant. Oh, to okay. And so the semifinals are, are like the first round of okay. the actual. Typically those are held on Tuesday and, and Thursday nowadays. And then there's a final on Saturday okay. for the people that make it out of the semifinal rounds. So all, all of the countries that are participating compete in one of those two semifinals, except for the big five that I mentioned. They go straight to the finals. Right? And the host country of okay. that year's contest. Which I believe this year it's the UK because they think it's in like Manchester. I don't know that off the top of my head, but uh, I think typically they go the host country is the previous year's winner. Oh, that's cool. So so they they kind of get the honor to host the next year. If they if they okay. win, they get to host the next one. Okay. So those six automatically make it to the finals. Uh-huh. And that that goes to some of the controversy if there's like bias to towards the big five or or sure a reverse is. bias because yeah. they automatically made it. But we'll talk on that later. And then so there are essentially the top ten people, the top ten songs are picked from each semifinal round. So there's the mm-hmm. the semifinal on Tuesday, semifinal on Thursday. You get a top ten from both of them, and those move on to make okay. a total of twenty six for the final. Yeah, for the final. That's a long. That's yeah. I mean, very it's, like, it's like a big event. I mean, that's why it's only you know three minutes. Yeah. Each and and so that's the other thing. Like the song itself doesn't necessarily have to be three minutes. It's just the song when they perform it oh, and stuff. You know, as weird, they answer. Then you have to like cut it off. So yeah, there have been parts where like people change the lyrics or shorten it and stuff for that makes sense. The contest. Another kind of thing we'll talk on later. Well, yeah, because that, I mean, I don't like think most musicians nowadays, like just regular musicians are like, I'm going to give myself a two minute song cut off. It's like, well, what if, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah. The, creatively, that seems like constraining. I don't know, but there's there's plenty of songs that are three and a half minutes. Yeah, no, there is. I'm just saying it just seems like shortened. it could be a little constraining. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's kind of the basics of the format. And then, so after, after all the songs have been reformed, the people that watched basically get invited to vote to, to any of the competitors except the ones from their own country okay. to prevent like a bias yeah yeah and you know a bigger country just voting for themselves and winning wait um, i have a question mm-hmm. this might be a stupid question but like what language does each country have to perform in do the, they ha- like perform in i don't know what the most common language would be spanish so i think nowadays most of the winners perform in english okay but there have actually been rules that have changed over time about performing language i feel like 
you should perform in your native, like in the language of your country. That, That's the, kind of the whole point. That was one of the, the rules for a while. So originally there were no restrictions mm-hmm. when it was founded. Although in 1965, Sweden performed in English. So they introduced a new rule for the 66 contest, basically saying can only perform in the official language of the company, of the, of the, <laughs> of the company, of the country that they're representing. That rule was later removed in the 70s, in 73, but then reinstated again in 77. What? Minus Belgium and Germany. Wait, what? Yeah. They, that is weird. <laughs> that was like... Um, what was going on with Belgium and Germany? That was because that year's contest, like the, the, the selection process for their them had already started. And uh, so they like, were like, okay, y'all have already like got the ball rolling. You uh, know, we won't... Then again, it was removed in 1999. And has been like that since? I believe so. So what, like, is there an advantage to like singing in a different language? I don't know. You could say yes and no. I don't know. That that goes to like one of the, the controversies of kind of like people crafting their songs to reach like a broader audience, changing well, lyrics was... to be like love and peace, you know, that's what I, across yeah. the world. And so you'd switch to from if you're a smaller country, you know, switch to English or something. Yeah. To, to reach a broader audience. So hesitate to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. Like they could be. But to me, it seems like there could be. Yeah. I like the idea though of singing in the language of your country because I don't know about you. I don't listen to that much like music that's not in Spanish or English. Mm-hmm. But I do sometimes listen to like French music or whatever. And like, yeah. I don't know what it's saying. I still like it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I feel like it could be. You also don't want to like listen limit what a musician can do if they do want to right change it in english because i guess too like i'm doing my research i saw that there's a decent amount of like bands that have not necessarily been discovered but have blown up through eurovision so Mm -hmm. it's like if english is the most common like songwriting language or like that helps you get your foot in the door then maybe it is like advantageous to you as like an individual yeah also true or a group and i mean you'd also say that english is more favored whether it be intentionally or unintentionally because mm-hmm. certain like I think Ireland has won more often than any other country mm. um, obviously they're not the only English speaking country right. in Europe but still yeah okay and then how do they actually pick the winner is it like a judging panel yeah so like I said or I, I think I was I kept cutting you no off. no you're fine uh, after, after like all the people perform there's a voting period mm-hmm. so people that watch on TV can go in they can vote via like the phone text there's a eurovision app so like american idol style yeah um and that comprises 50 percent of the final result alongside there's a jury of music industry professionals is what they're called you know i'm sure it's people with those broadcasting networks and stuff like that i'm sure somehow they keep it unbiased maybe you can't vote for someone for your country or something I, i don't know exactly how the jury is comprised but it's like people from each country and and while that voting's happening they'll have like a prize act kind of like a oh, cool like a not a surprise act but like a performance from someone from someone to come on the show and that can be someone super well known a lot of times it's someone from the host country or mm. just 
mm. someone already famous to yeah. you know, some musician. I wonder if they ever have celebrity judges. I feel like Europeans aren't as like celebrity obsessed though as the US is, so probably not. Probably not, yeah, I don't know. I'd rather, yeah, because that might make it like biased. You have someone with no... Well, I was thinking like Simon from... Um, oh, Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell, yeah. yeah from Maybe. Huh. Britain's Got Talent? Right? He's on America's and Got he was, Talent now. And he was on American he's on, Idol um, too. Yeah, he's been on he's so been many on things. He's been on so many things. He's so mean, I love him. I, how did he like start? Because now he's like known as just like a judgy person. But like, how did he get like the first? What show was he on first? Was it American Idol? No, I think it was, it was Great Britain's Got Talent. Britain's Got Talent or Brit Britain's Idol? Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. Question for a different episode. Yeah, yeah. So American was, Idol episode would be good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so was there any other kind of like fun facts or fast facts about the actual contest that you wanted to go through? Well, yeah. So I guess some of the, some of the quick rules I'll go through. All songs have to have a duration of three minutes or less. Mm -hmm. In order for a song to be considered eligible in that year's contest, it must not have been released commercially before the first day of September of the previous year. Oh, okay. So you can't just like pull up a song, you know, someone pull up a song that they released. Released already. Yeah. And that knew, they knew was and good. Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. All entries must have vocals and lyrics of some kind, so they can't be... It can't just be an orchestra. Yeah, Got exactly. It. They may be performed in any language now. Like I said, okay. that rule's been removed. I thought this was funny. It said either natural or constructed. What does so, that even mean? I don't know, but I picture like Klingon or something oh from my Star gosh. Trek. Someone goes up and sings uh, in that. So that's kind of what popped into my head when, when I funny. saw that. But it's funny. So now each individual broadcaster that, that's participating mm -hmm. in that can pick if they want to set that rule for their country or something. Okay. So it's 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 up to them. The, the language rule's been removed and each one can decide that. Also, originally, the first contest allowed only solo performers. Oh. It was then changed to permit duos and then groups later on through different number of years. And the current number is you're allowed to have a max number of six I mean, that, that's a pretty good size. Lead vocalist, two guitarists, a yeah. bassist, and a drummer. Yeah. Wait, I'm missing one more. And then another. Say bass. I said two guitarists, singer. a bassist, singer, drummer, and then maybe another bassist. And piano or something? Piano or something, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <coughs> There's also uh, no restrictions on country of birth for the performers. So <laughs> there have been several times the winning artists didn't it maybe had a different nationality or were born in a different country from who they represented. So that's also... Why some... are you allowed to... So I could go and be like, I'm going to perform for Spain. Well, I mean, they have to pick you. Yeah, but why they, would you... Each country, again, is allowed to set their own... It's the same with, like, the language and stuff. It's kind of weird. They can set their own rules if they want to, like... It has to be, you know, a natural-born citizen. Well, that makes sense or... for one of the people that I'm going to discuss, so... Okay, that makes sense. The only rule kind of with that, though, is no performer can compete for more than one country in a single year's contest. Okay, yeah. Which it makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, like, that, that rule is set by the countries. You know, they can decide it how they want yeah. to do it, you know, if they want. I'm sure they try to pick someone that has at least some sort of, like, cultural influence of their country. Yeah. That's my guess. I don't know. I know you have a bunch of fun facts. I know I got through all the, most of the technical stuff. Yeah, so I wanted to kind of talk about the more, what artists and big songs have come out of this uh -huh. versus, like, the technical stuff. Okay. But there is some just, like, random fun facts that I have. So do you have a guess as to what the largest ever audience for the Eurovision contest was? Are, do you mean, like, live audience? Live or audience. Like watching on TV audience. No, live audience, I think. Hmm, I don't know. How big is... Think of a stadium. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like football stadiums here. American football stadiums. Well, soccer stadiums here. are way bigger. Yeah, I know, but I'm like, I've never been to a concert in a soccer stadium. 
Yeah. So I'm trying to think like in my mind, what's the biggest concert I've been to? Those stadiums probably hold like think about so hundred thousand, maybe like fifty thousand. You're pretty close. Guess? So 2001, the I at least this is what the Eurovision website had was their largest like audience, and it was thirty eight thousand people. It was in Copenhagen's Parken Stadium. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a pretty large crowd. Is that a soccer stadium? I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> I just know it's in Denmark. Oh, okay. But that was the largest audience. Do you know who won that year? It was an Estonian victory. So oh. some person from Estonia. Very cool. And then what country do you, like you already talked about this, so you know, but oh. which is the most successful country to win Eurovision? So Ireland is what you said. Yeah. So they have seven victories. Sweden's won the contest six times. And then Luxembourg, France, the Netherlands, and the UK have each won five times. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, just adding up the UK and Ireland alone, it does seem like they might have a English bias. Yeah. At least a little bit. I mean, it, it's been, now it's been going on for almost 70 years. So like, what is that? 12 out of yeah. 60 something. You know, it's not like it's like half. It's not. Yeah. It's not that big of a percentage, but it's still, it's big. Mm -hmm. And then you did say that this was like the longest running annual music mm -hmm. competition. But in 2015, they were recognized by the Guinness World Book of Records for the longest running annual TV music competition. Nice. So, yeah, okay. you know, got a Guinness record to add to them. One thing that I found funny was, did you ever hear or see the movie Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga? No. It was, was it had like a pretty big cast. It came out in June of 2020. So like given everything that was going on, at least in the US and then with the COVID pandemic, like our minds were elsewhere. We were not thinking about Eurovision. Yeah. So I wonder if this song just didn't get as much. Like, song or movie? Movie, sorry. I wonder if this movie didn't get as much press and traction as it would have been. But anyways, it had Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams, uh, Pierce Brosnan was in it. And so it was Demi Ooh, Lovato. Okay. Hmm. Like pretty big cast. And I don't know about you, but I love Will Ferrell movies. Mm -hmm. He's so funny. But anyways, they made a song about like the Eurovision, or keep saying song. They movie. made a movie about the Eurovision <laughs> song contest. And it was actually nominated for an Oscar for the best achievement in music written for motion, motion pictures. So the original song. And it didn't win. In oh. case you were wondering. Well, still, that's kind of cool. I don't. I didn't realize there was a movie. Like this isn't a documentary, right? It's like no, an actual. No, it's like a fun. It's like it's a, a comedy. Movie. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Apparently, like the song that was written was called Husavik. I don't know if they're supposed. To, I don't know what language they're supposed to be. But yeah, I kind of want to watch the movie now. It's on Netflix, so. Okay. It's Will Ferrell. He's yeah. so funny. So now moving into so these are some of like the best songs like from Eurovision, whether they won or they were just performed. Yeah. And this is just like from what I thought, like and other critics. But okay. There's so many other ones that I'm sure we're going to miss them. So please do not be offended if we miss your favorite. Yeah. So the first one, um, it's actually the most covered Eurovision song. And it's by Domenico Mudugno. And his song is Nel Blu di Pinto di Blu, uh, which is also known as Volare. I'm sure you've heard that song, right? Volare. Oh, Vol yeah. Okay. I know that one. Italian. Gotcha. And so the song has been covered by like very famous stars. So Dean Martin, Cliff Richard, David Bowie. And then one that I think is hilarious. It was in the Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh, that's, you know, that's, that's probably, probably where I heard it. <laughs> um, I think that's this like a... This is what dreams are made. Well, different song, but I yeah, know. same movie. 
Um, so that's like the most covered song in Eurovision. I don't believe it won. It just was covered as in like it's been covered by other people so many times since. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Th- those people all didn't perform that song like in the contest. No, 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 years, no. Just no. In, the, in general industry. Exactly. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. And then so one thing I personally really liked it, but the 2022 winners they're called Kalush Orchestra, and mm-hmm. they won with the song Stefania. Okay. I'm pretty sure they're a Ukraine group, and it's like kind of like hip hoppy. It's pretty good. Yeah. I'm gonna like add it to my playlist, and I have no idea what they're gonna be saying, yeah. but I would look it up if I were you. Okay. Then there's another one that, and this like basically was just me like looking at a lot of the different winners and mm-hmm. listening to the songs, and being like, yeah, this is cool. So they're power approved. Maybe not okay. the best necessarily, power but proved. like power approved. There's a song called Heroes by Mons Zelmerlo, and he is Swedish, and he won in 2015. Okay. And then I think you may have heard of this person because I think she's like fairly famous. Laureen, she won in 2012 with the song Euphoria. And then last but not least, and this is throwing it back to 1989, but Johnny Logan won with the song Hold Me Now. Okay. So I don't know if you know any of these. Probably not. But To be honest, I don't think I know those last two or three. Yeah. But I think like just kind of looking at the, they have a lot of information on the Eurovision website Mm -hmm. and just looking at, they have like links to YouTube performances of the songs and stuff. And so if you're interested in hearing about music from different countries, I thought this was like a really cool way to do it. Yeah. So I guess I, you know, I don't know a lot of those. I don't know if it's because I don't listen to a lot of European based music or Mm -hmm. maybe I'm outside of it, but have there been anyone like so worldwide? Yeah. Like Mr. Worldwide, not Pitbull. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. You're fine. But like, I guess, have there been like those international superstars that have competed and maybe won any years? Yeah. So there's this little known band called ABBA. Have you heard of them? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Our one friend, she's like super into She's very into ABBA. ABBA. Yeah. Well, so I don't know if it's like been a recent thing or what, but like people have been loving ABBA. Like there's ABBA nights at a lot of the clubs here in LA and my Uh sister that lives in New York said she went to like an ABBA night and stuff and like I know one of our friends that lives in Denver has gone to those. Disco is making a comeback. Disco is making a comeback and ABBA's nominated for a Grammy this year so anyways they're huge. It's ABBA. Mm -hmm. Um, Did they win? Yes. So I don't know if you know this but ABBA is Swedish. I think you knew this and they won in 1974 with the song Waterloo. Oh okay. Which I like that song. Yeah. And funny enough so another really big person actually competed in 1974 and did not win. Any guesses? Who's she was or, representing... Oh, she. Mm. So she was representing Britain but she was living in Australia so I think a lot of people thought like that she was Australian but she's actually like a British... I don't think I know who you're talking about. Olivia Newton-John from, from Greece. From Greece? Yeah. Oh, huh. So she was the one that I was talking about. She um, sang the song Long Live Love and she apparently did not like the song very much. That, that she was, was she didn't want she'd rather sing something else yeah huh. and so she was like you know first off it kind of sucked because i was competing against abba like yeah dude, yeah sorry but was that the same year shot. abba won yeah did abba only year. compete that one year i believe so okay um but olivia newton john did come in fourth place so i mean she didn't do bad yeah i mean it's just hard to beat abba it's hard to beat abba like it's just oh. really hard to beat abba anyways i thought that was like a fun little tidbit of some eurovision stuff then uh 2021 you know the band Monoskin, we've actually mm-hmm. seen them. Yeah. They won with the song Ziti e Buoni. Mm. 
Gosh, my Italian's probably really bad. I'm going to be... I know. I'm glad I'm letting you pronounce more of the hard... The next one, I should be able to somewhat pronounce it because I did take this language in high school, but it's been like 10 years. It's been a while. Okay. Anyways, so Celine Dion, she's French-Canadian, but she represented France in 1988 and won with a song, Ne Parte Pas Sans Moi. That sounded pretty good. I couldn't have said it better. Thank you. I tried. So obviously Celine Dion, like global phenomenon. Yeah. Okay. So some of these people, yeah, are pretty big. I wonder if that like being so famous when entering the contest like help. Well, I don't know if they were famous before entering or, or because, because of, it. of it. Yeah. I'd be that, curious. I'd to... be curious to know that. I mean, I I think Olivia Newton-John and Celine Dion and probably Ava were already famous, but I think Monaskin was famous but blew up more through your Because of your vision. And then the last one, do you know who Julio Iglesias is? He's mm-hmm. um Enrique Iglesias's dad. Mm-hmm. He got a big boost from his 1970 Eurovision appearance and he sang the song Gwendoline on behalf of Spain and he got fourth place. Okay, very cool. So yeah, there's been like a lot of really big people, um, I would say, that have either performed at Eurovision and like gotten big from it or were big and then just so happened to perform at Eurovision. Yeah, okay. So I know you had some, like you were looking into past winners. Was there any that you wanted to like touch on? Yeah, I didn't really have any like highlights from like, or like my personal picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to quick run through some of the more recent ones. Okay. The last like five years of winners uh and what country they were representing okay so Um, now you get to try to pronounce i know unfortunately so i mean you already hit uh Stefania from Ukraine mm-hmm. was as the 2022 winner. Mm-hmm. 2021, you also hit that Monoskin, so I'll just skip over that one. 2019, the Netherlands won oh, cool. uh, with a song called Arcade. We should check it out. See, I get much easier words. You get easier Arcade. words, yeah. Oh my gosh, uh, but yours are so, you have one different And that was one. by Duncan Lawrence. Okay. <laughs> uh, 2018, Israel with a song called Toy. Oh, cool. By Netta. Um, oh, I think or I, I guess, know of Netta. So I'm saying by, these are the performers. Yeah. Sorry, I'm saying the performers, not the uh, necessarily who wrote it. Oh, oh, it's, okay. It's not the same for all these. So I want to oh, correct that before I... I didn't know that. Um, 2017 Portugal won Amar Pelos Dois. Sounds Portuguese to me. Amar Pelos Dois. Yeah. Uh, and that was by Salvador Sobral. Okay. Again, apologies if I'm uh, butchering, butchering some of these words. Uh, mine are still easy than yours though, yeah. which is nice and then 2016 the last one i have on my list ukraine actually won that one again oh with, nice with uh, a song called 1944 by jamala go ukraine again sorry i keep saying bye but i'm performed by yeah i wonder so you know how ukraine won in 2022 do you know if that was before the war I because this contest takes place in June, right? Yeah, I tried reading into it. I, I think the contest was held after, and there was probably some bias because of it potentially. I mean, not that I think that's a no. I don't think that's a bad thing. The bad song was thing. really good, anyways. Uh, and you know, as we talked about earlier, um, Russia has since been banned, since not allowed in the contest. Right. That that goes to kind of the next thing I wanted to hit on. Some mm-hmm. quick points of some of the past controversies and criticism. Yeah. That Eurovision's 
received. Part of that is political controversies. There was a conflict between Armenia and Azerbaijan uh. Uh, that affected the contest on several occasions. Ukraine and Russia through the past couple of years. Yeah, actually, I mean, they've had... Since they've been yeah. having, you know, it's not just this most recent no. war. The, the annexing of Crimea years ago, you know, was... Ukraine's so, been, like, in wars for, like, so much Yeah, time. So, so actually when Ukraine won in 2016 with the song 1944, complaints, presumably from Russia, were, were you know, levied against them. Why? Because some of the lyrics referencing oh. um, deportation of the Crimean Tartars. Interesting. Um, but a Russian delegation claimed it had greater political meaning, you know, in light of huh. annexing of Crimea and, and stuff like that. Since Ukraine won that year, they were praying to host the following year. Russia's uh, representative was then, you know, barred from entering uh. the country and a lot of things. So they're, they're like, political strife has affected I mean, that makes the contest sense in the past. Everything that's gone on. That, that's not really something you can necessarily hold against the contest itself. You can't always hold it against the contest right. itself. There have been some criticism on the music style and presentations. We talked on singing songs in English. Other kind of things have been mocked by viewers in the past. Hmm. Like, which, like I said, like key changes in lyrics. Oh, like, yeah. for the contest. Like, for the contest. So, like, peace and love. Yeah. You know, the same way, you know, you get a beauty pageant in the U.S. And, and it's like, like I if want you could... world peace. Exactly. Yeah. That, kind of that thing. Yeah. Pronunciation of English by non-native users. Yeah. Of the English language. And then a big one, since Eurovision is, I mean, it, it's a live show. People go in person, but it's mm-hmm. primarily television. Mm-hmm. Performers have also gotten criticism for using big theatrics and make, turning uh, it into a big show. Versus, yeah. To kind of attract attention. From the non-live audiences. But also, like, then that's not really about the music at that point. Well, mm, I don't know. It's like kind of when, like, when people say EDM, like, it's just like about the visuals, and it's like, well, no, the music is there too. It's a, I guess it would be different, different if it was like the Eurovision performance contest versus the Eurovision song contest. Maybe I guess that is like, yeah, they're like that sounds like music purists that are like, oh, you can't have anything on. Well, no, I don't think you should have anything, but it's it's like where they're basically just trying to make it seem to a big spectacle when, you know, their song is kind of lackluster or something. And it kind of, you know, oh, that they had fire and lights and all these other things, you know. It's not, at that point, it's, maybe it's not about the music as much. So, so kind of those theatrics have become very common with the people that are criticizing and claiming it, like, it's distracting. It distracts a lot of viewers away from, like, if if it's a weak music. Yeah. If it's a weak song. If it's a weak song. Um, Weak sauce. Yeah, weak sauce. (laughs) Not steak sauce, weak sauce. Yeah. And then like, yeah, other people celebrate them too. So, you know, as being like part of it and considered integral to like making the contest appealing. Mm -hmm. So you have both both sides of the argument there. That makes sense. Yeah. So some of the like biggest kind of musical genres that have existed in Eurovision, they include uh, power ballads, folk rhythms, and bubblegum pop. What the heck is bubblegum pop? I don't know exactly, but those are all kind of the current staples of the contest as well which huh. uh, uh, that's another one of the criticisms people are considering it more formulaic uh, in the recent years versus Pe- like you know, they're playing it safer and doing general things versus really pushing the boundaries with music well hey the last two years i mean the ukraine song was like kind of rapish and then monoskin is rock so maybe they're changing yeah so evolving <laughs>
Well, with that, I hope you guys enjoyed our like Eurovision, what it is, who are some big names from it, all that jazz. And then I hope you guys tune in. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure it's streamed on Hulu, so we might actually just watch it. Be able it. to watch it, yeah. yeah. And so with that, again, Happy New Year. We hope that you guys are safe and that you have all your good goals and did your mantras and are manifesting whatever you need to manifest. Manifest that destiny. Exactly. <laughs> whatever your destiny is, manifest it. We manifested this podcast. We did manifest this podcast, exactly. Well, you did primarily. I did, I'm and I'm, I'm manifesting some things this year. It's going to happen, you know. I've been two for two so far. <laughs> so with that, thank you. And then make sure that you share this podcast with all of your friends and tell everyone about it. And while you're at it, go and like and subscribe and review. Give us five stars, please, please, please. We do really appreciate it. And it is helpful. So if you feel like we deserve it, we would love it. Yes. We love y'all forever. Yes, exactly. And then you can also find us on Instagram at educate.your.earbuds.pod and then at TikTok, educate.your.earbuds. And then feel free to email us with any questions, comments, comments, concerns, whatever. If you're mad that I spoiled part of Emily and Paris for you, you can email us. If we mispronounce anything, you can yell at us in our email. Exactly. Or just tell us your favorite song from Eurovision. Exactly. We'd love to hear it. Then email us at educate.your.earbuds at gmail.com. And with that. Thanks for listening. Bye.